welcome to another episode of Noise to Music, where we take the noise in our life and we turn it into beautiful, wonderful music. I'm your host, Chaim Lili. Today we're going to be talking about a very interesting topic that might have a little bit of a different spin than usual in terms of how we approach certain things in our life. So the Torah tells us, the Bible tells us in Bamibar, chapter 9, verse 15, it talks about the Jewish people traveling in the desert. And they left Egypt, they had all these miracles, they're on the way to the land of Israel. And the, the Torah tells us seemingly some very insignificant verses, which end up always being the most significant, which is very tied into exactly what we're talking about. It says that when the Mishkan, the tabernacle was was with the Jewish people, and they used to travel with a cloud. What does that mean? The cloud would lead them during the day, and at night, they would follow the fire. So they had this, you know, GPS going with them, this GPS that would lead them. During the day, they would see this cloud, and they would follow it, go straight, make a left. They would follow at night the fire. Now, how did they know when to camp? So whenever the cloud would rest, that's when they camped. Right? The cloud would settle down and everyone would camp. Now you have to understand, we have to understand that we're talking about an entire nation over here. Now camping doesn't mean just, you know, putting it into park and uh, parking your car in, in, in some type of trailer. Camping means, you know, untying the, 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 the tents and, and taking the, the, the food, the meat out of the freezer and, and setting up the, the laundry to be washed. And, and, and there were also life events. There were weddings and there were all kinds of things going on. People had to plan. Camping wasn't just, you know, staying where you were. Camping was an entire industry that needed to take place. Now, what's interesting is the, the, the Pasuk, the verse tells us sometimes they would camp at a certain place for a year, for a month, for a week, or for a day, or for a night. Now, they never knew how long they were going to be there. They never knew. They never knew. could be there were certain times that they arrived and they stayed for a month. There were certain times that they arrived and they stayed for a year. And there were certain times they arrived at night and they left the following morning. They never knew. So when we think about this, this occurrence, when we think about what was the test that the Jewish people were going through, what was the test that they were going through in the desert? We discover that essentially the test was very different than what we might think. We might think the test is the, the trials and tribulations of travel. You're traveling through the desert, you know, it's hot out there, there's a heat wave, global warming was just getting on its way, you know, that, and, and, and that's one option. Another option might be, you know what, another option might be that what, that it wasn't even, it was the, it was the unknowing, the unknown. You know, that was that was another option, like, okay, which which was definitely a test. You know, they arrived at a place and the whole every family would say, Okay, Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses, what's the story here? Are we taking the meat out of the freezer? Am I defrosting it? How's this working? Am I gonna slaughter a cow because we're gonna be here for a while and we'll have our chance to eat it? I need to salt it. I wanna wash the kids' clothing. Should we just sleep in sleeping bags or should we set up an entire tent? Should I dig around and make a fence? Like what should how is this working? Like what what just give me an answer. But guess what? That also wasn't the test. The 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 unknown was definitely part of the test, but there was even a deeper test here. 
The deeper test here, the commentaries explain, is the fact that they were being led by God. And God knew. God was directing the cloud. God was directing the fire that was leading the to Jewish people in the desert. So you know how long we're going to be. So why not just tell us how long we're going to stay? We don't, we don't mind following. We understand that's part of the journey. That's totally okay with us. But we need to know how long we're going to be here. And you know how long we're going to be here. So, so essentially, why are you playing with us? It's almost this like, you know, God is kind of making a mockery. But it, it's not. God forbid to say that. But it's just for our purposes of building up the question to understand the mindset of the Jewish people while they were traveling. It wasn't just the traveling. It wasn't just the unknown. It was the fact that God knew. And he could have easily told Moshe Rabbeinu, hey, they're going to be here for a week. Tell them to take, you know, that they should prepare accordingly. So Rav Hirsch asks this question. Nachman Ramban discusses this. And he says that the, 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 the greatness of the Jewish people was in this situation wasn't just following the unknown. And it was being led and understanding that they were purposely being put in a situation of lack of clarity. We're always, and if I was to title this class, we're always saying, we're always looking for clarity. We're always looking for clarity. We want to know. We want to understand. We want to plan. We want to we be able to be ahead of the game. When essentially this is teaching us that God purposely puts us in situations of the unknown. So we should actually s stop looking for clarity. Because what, is, what does that do? When we're looking for clarity, that exhausts so much of our mental capacity, of our mental muscle, that we have a cha we're challenged to actually perform what we want. What does that mean in a practical perspective? It, there's something called ishtadlut. Of course, you're supposed to make an effort. You're supposed to go to work. You're supposed to eat healthy. You're supposed to sleep right. You're supposed to go out on dates. You're supposed to, you know, whatever it is that you're working on at that stage in your life. If you're single, you're looking for a job or whatever it might be. You're supposed to make your best effort, put your best foot forward, no questions asked. After that, and you've done that. Now what do you do? So that's the point of stop looking for clarity. We have to understand that many times God wants us to live in the world of the unknown. Why is that so? The Gemara actually says, Blessing only occurs in something that is hidden from the eye. Why is that? Because the place of the unknown, the place of the dark, the place that's left to discover is essentially where God works his magic. And that was the lesson being taught from what was happening to the Jewish people in the desert. It was that, hey, there's nothing wrong with the unknown. Embrace it. Know that it's on purpose. It's not a flaw. There's not a weakness. You're not doing something wrong. There's something that I'm developing over here, God is saying essentially. Right? The answer to what we want is, is how we handle that experience. We don't have to go somewhere for it or be somewhere or be something. No, the experience of the unknown is the developmental part of what God essentially wants us to do. It's embracing the lack of clarity. And God does that on purpose. Because he could have easily given them an answer over here. He could have easily given them the solution, but he chose not to. The, the, the Pasuk, the first in Tilim says, Gam ki lech begetza mavet, lo ki 
Even if I walk in the shadow of death, I won't fear because God is with us. What does that mean? That walking in the place of darkness, we have to know God is there as well. And from a practical perspective, you know, Einstein said, if his theory of relativity is true, the French are going to claim he's French and the German are going to claim he's German. If his theory of relativity is not true, the French are going to claim he's German and the German are going to claim he's French. He was living in this world of discovery of unknown where the theory of relativity, so much of our practical lives is built on it. It was the unknown. It was the discovery. It was the search. It was being able to have the strength of character to be in places where we don't understand, and yet holding our composure, holding our character, not seeing that as a sense of failure, understanding that God is developing something beautiful within, within our lives. What are some practical ways that we can embrace this? So I'll give, I'll give some, you know, I always like to kind of just take this into a practical perspective, not just, you know, leave it in a uh, philosophical realm. So I'll give four Four tips how we can release control and practically trust God. Remember, we spoke about this once, the difference between emunah and bitachon. Ramban speaks about this, is that emunah is belief, bitachon is the trust in God. We can have belief in God, but it doesn't mean necessarily it's practical in your life. You can believe that God runs the show, but you're not able to do something about it. So these are four things. One is embrace helplessness. And the word that we use is embrace. Sometimes when, are you, when you're at your most desperate, you actually shine the brightest. Because in these moments, you arrive, you arrive at a point that you actually surrender. And when you surrender, you give up control, and God works His magic. When you, when you embrace this truth from an, an empowered viewpoint, not as a victim, you're not a victim, you're not a failure. You draw strength just by simply letting go of the struggle. You cease to resist and, and you embrace your inability to control the situation, which, which is, a, is coming from a place of strength. That's when the magic happens. That's number one. So embrace helplessness. Two, release what you can't hold. We all, many of us live in a state of reaction. We've, we're always trying to control something, right? We're trying to handle it, take it down. But we have to know that part of our growth process is try to relearn, is to learn to relax, let go of your control. While you, while you want control in, in yourself on certain levels, your life is not meant to be micromanaged, right? So whatever you can't hold, release it. Let it be, and you'll see that the magic starts happening. And, and God is more stubborn than us. Once we, he gets us to that point and he pushes us to that point just for us to learn how to release what we can't hold. And let him take it over. Because when we tell God, I got this, he says, okay, you got this. You don't know me. You don't need me. And clearly God will do a better job than we can. Number three is observe nature. Observe the world that God create, creates and, and is running. Try to see ourselves as part of the work instead of outside an outside observer. Right? Look how beautiful and bountiful nature is. Observe the beauty of it all. As much as we feel like we're a stranger, our life is no accident, meaning it's always being it's it's planned this way. We're in the middle of, of a movie that God is directing. Right? This entire universe is, is conspired for our success. Number four, listen to your intuition. Your gut has value. The importance of intuition can't be overstated. This, this guidance comes from within our soul. It's directly linked to the rest of, of the universe. We have to listen to it. We have a gut feeling that knows what's right. Follow it. Have the strength to follow it. When we say too much is too much, then, then listen to that. Just as your mind is, is able to maneuver through tasks, your soul also is able to navigate. 
deeper things that we can't necessarily understand. This is a conversation that, that leads us to, to being able to trust, to trust ourselves, to love ourselves, right? Even if it doesn't necessarily make sense to us, but if it's telling us to let go because we've tried our best, then listen to it. So those are some practical tips of how to be able to stop looking for clarity and embrace the unknown as a source of our bitachon, not from a place of failure, from, but rather from a place of strength.